Welcome to the NZ Everyday Investor. Today, NFTs are revolutionizing the world of art, gaming, and collectibles. Tomorrow, maybe vaccine certificates, home loan application forms, a new form of venture capital, a new type of land title, who knows? But just like Bitcoin that was supposed to be a fad, non-fungible tokens are likely here to stay. Yes, there will be rewards for early adopters. There will be those who get burned. And the vast majority of projects may inevitably fail. But in the long run, I think the explosion of innovation in this NFT space is only just getting started. My guest today is Craig McColl from Venture Venture, a digital media firm that specializes in the blockchain space. I love chatting to people who genuinely love what they do, as it's a hundred times easier to learn from them. So learning, that's what I've been doing a lot lately in this space, so hopefully you can learn something from today. Also, we're talking about non-fungible tokens. This may be new to some of you, and for others, you've already likely heard the 101 on what it is. But for the benefit of those who don't know what it is, I'll try my best to describe it for what I think it is anyway. Starting with the word fungible. Something's fungible when it can be substituted for something else, and you'd never know the difference. The cup of sugar that you borrow from apartment 5G is the same as 3F. Sugar is sugar, right? Non-fungible. Well, that's the opposite of that. My newborn child can't be substituted for the child in apartment 5G. I'll trade sugar all day long. No problems with that, but not the babies. So perhaps I could say maybe a really expensive NFT is like a really ugly baby. It's unique and it's all yours. So that's the non-fungible part. What's the token then? Well, that's an image of something else. It's a digital something, a digital asset held directly by you that often provides some kind of benefit. Today, Craig and I are talking about some really interesting projects underway in the NFT space. Try to keep an open mind and listen carefully on this one if you can. This is another glimpse into the new tools that build new wealth in the new world. Just a wee tip, if you suspect this may not be of interest, or it's nothing relevant for wealth building anyway, surely. Well, this is how I'm trying to get my head around it. Imagine that right now, for better or for worse, it is the future that you always wondered or dreaded would happen. It's happening, and yeah, it is happening right now. So maybe there's something in this. Now here's a couple of things I love about what I see coming out of this NFT evolution slash revolution perhaps. I don't think we need to believe entirely that the narrative that the next generation of Kiwis will never, ever own their own homes, or that they won't be of value to society and therefore never truly be financially independent. It's a bold thought, but if NFTs do what they've done in a couple of isolated situations like gaming and collectibles, just imagine how almost every business, every content creator, community group, or every consumer too, will be completely transformed and redefined. We'll soon start to question what a resource really is. Is it always something from the physical realm? Or could it also exist and have its genesis in the digital realm? Well, what about income then? For some, living in the new world to come will mean that work really isn't work. Not as we know it as work today, anyway. Homeownership isn't going to look the same either, or be accessible to people in the same way. Non-fungible tokens could assist in the digitization and standardization of everything and anything unique on this planet. Sound exciting? I'll take terrifying if I'm honest, but I do find it rather interesting. Now, last thing before we start. 
This session today contains some pretty cool images and videos from the future. If you can reach your phone and tap and swipe over the cover art, you'll see some show notes. The first link will be a link to a YouTube version of today. If you can, I'd like to encourage you to watch the video version of today instead of this. Failing that, and especially if you find this topic of interest, in the show notes again will be links to all the projects and websites mentioned, and there are quite a few. Okay, let's get on to it. The NZ Everyday Investor Podcast, a podcast series designed to help you, the everyday Kiwi, build new wealth in the new world that we're heading into. My name's Darcy Ungaro. I'm your host and qualified financial advisor. Manage funds, property, shares, crypto. Whether you're investing for your retirement or saving for your first home, I explore anything and everything mainstream or alternative that can help you on your way. If you're into thinking for yourself and you have a desire to grow wealth, then you've come to the right place. Extra insights and information on today's show can be found by tapping or swiping over the cover art in your podcast player. Here you'll find some show notes, which will contain all relevant links related to today's topic. While you're there, be sure to sign up to the newsletter and follow the show across all social media channels, including YouTube. Investment options and strategies discussed on the show may not be suitable for all investors. Please be sure to conduct plenty of your own independent research and ideally obtain advice before acting on anything discussed. Hope you enjoy the show. Craig McCall, thanks for joining me today. Uh, it's nice to be here, Darcy. Thanks for having Fantastic. me. Now, I've been meaning to catch up with you for a long time. This this is probably one of the most anticipated episodes I have ever been planning for. So thank you for your patience. What the heck is an <laughs> NFT? What is it good for? That's what we're covering today. And uh, just for some background so people know who you are, I'm going to read directly from your LinkedIn profile here. Craig, you are the founding explorer of Venture Venture. You're into digital assets, digital economies, decentralized autonomous organizations, tokens, metaverses, NFTs, and how it can create exponential future value for today's brands, organizations, and communities. Thank you very much for having this conversation. Did I capture it all there? Yeah, that, that's it in a nutshell. So that's all good. So let's maybe just kind of lift up the bonnet into this uh, metaverse here and talk about some of the NFTs. And I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to drive this as much as possible. And for those who are able to, please follow along if you like, just by referring to all the numerous links of examples of NFTs that you'll find in the show notes. But we'll do our best to sort of describe to those who are just listening in on the audio what we're looking at. Over to you, Craig. What's the first one that we're going to look at here? Yes. Well, it might be good to go back for a bit of a history lesson. So if we kind of take it back to 2017, the first, let's say, NFTs kind of came out around then that people were buying and selling. And one of them was uh, CryptoKitties. I don't know if you heard about this back in 2017, Darcy. But yeah. it just about broke the Ethereum blockchain. People were buying and selling these NFTs. You can create collections. You can breed them. They went massive back in 2017 and then the bear market came along in 2018 and that nobody wanted them but it seems like they've kind of come back to life now in this nft run that we've seen since march so, so we're talking about pictures of cats basically <laughs> they're not even real cats we're looking at pictures of drawings of cats but what's unique about it is that you can breed these cats so they have unique attributes right so you can pair the cats right. like you would in the real world but you're creating non-fungible tokens, really, aren't you? You're actually minting, creating non-fungible tokens when you breed. Is that kind of what's happening? Correct, yeah. And then these will create babies. And then after that, there'll be value attached to those babies. And then you could go and sell them off as well. So 
there, there's kind of this gamification piece to it as well. But if we moved on to another one, CryptoPunks. Now, you've probably heard about these uh, yeah. a bit more and they're around. So if we're on the CryptoPunks, so Lava Lab produced these back in 2017, you see that they've really come to life in terms of price. So if we take that zombie, what do you see that price is, Darcy? So $7.58 million? Correct. Yeah. So he is CryptoPunk. Three one hundred. He's one of nine alien punks. Wow! And the thing that really strikes me here is that I don't know where you were in the early '80s, but we were fortunate enough to have a, a Commodore sixty-four. And one of the cool things that you could do is you could create art on this thing just by putting these big globules of color in this matrix. And uh, that's kind of what we're looking at here. These are, these are not exactly you know high resolution <laughs> images of something quite beautiful. These are pretty rough looking JPEGs, but millions of dollars unbelievable pixel art. i mean they call it that pixel art i mean if you look at this it says here this punk is currently for sale by owner for thirty-five thousand ETH. so what's that 157 million us dollars if you want to buy this today darcy <laughs> it's, it's all yours man <laughs> <laughs> but, but i think the interesting thing on the blockchain that you can see here is we can see this transaction history and they basically put it on the on the website for people to see yeah. There's more than one person who's actually offering significant sums of money here. So this isn't a weird sort of one-off, very small community. There's, there's a lot of people that are actually putting a value onto this, right? Correct. If you go back to 2017, the first person bought this for $76. That would have been like, wow, you paid $76 for a couple of pixels. A lot. Stupid, right? <laughs> but this is the thing with with the new world that we're heading into. It doesn't matter if you think it's stupid or it doesn't make sense or it even almost seems like a fad or a scam. Maybe you could have said that at the start. Not right. so much now. Yeah. It's not really a valid excuse anymore. And I think this is why I'm keen to explore this because it's not this abstract way out there weird thing. There are real people who think that they would actually rather own this piece, piece of stuff rather than, well, what else could you buy for like 170 million? Probably like an island, a massive super yacht, right. servants for like a decade, I don't know, but people are paying that for this, so therefore it's real. It is what it is, right? Yeah, like if we just go back to this stats page, and this is what I love, because everything sits on the blockchain so they can bring this data back. So if we look at the overall stats here, the current lowest punk price is 388,000 US dollars. We can also see the volume of sales they've just had. It's 503 million just in the last 24 hours. Pretty crazy. Um, over here, if we go total value of all sales lifetime, 1.69 billion. Now, I don't know what uh, some of our top 50 companies in New Zealand earn, but yeah. when you're in the billions next to CryptoPunks, it's, it's pretty interesting. Now, one thing you got to remember with the with the um, payment systems and with NFTs is that there's a royalty system built into these. So each time they sell, the potential creator can take anywhere from five percent up to ten percent from that resale. So some of these projects do do phenomenal just in the resale of people buying and selling on the secondary markets. So that's something that we can dig into later on and have a look at. Yeah, absolutely. I want I want to understand more of the I guess I guess you probably call it tokenomics part of this as we get into it. Let's let's keep going though and see um, yeah, see what else you can show me.
if we move on to probably the current hot NFTs, so Board Ape Yacht Club. So I think the interesting thing about these is they uh, came out, it was April, they released these uh, apes, 10,000 of them out into the market. And at that price, late April, they cost about 300 um, US dollars. Now, these have literally gone bananas. So this one here, the minimum bid price is 452,000 US dollars for this. Yeah, yeah. That's the minimum. So here, here, like what I like about what we're looking at on the screen here with the board yacht club is that we're not looking at a pixelated thing, which is kind of quirky and unique. We're looking at something that actually now we're starting to get into like a little bit of design and a bit of art and a bit of that's actually kind of semi interesting. What's the use case for these board eight yacht club things like you would make them your um, your image on your, your Twitter handle or something like that? But that seems to be the, the one use case. And I think it comes down to cultural social flex. So the idea is a lot of people have been, you know, have a lot of money. They've been locked up at home, uh, can't drive their Lamborghinis around. So, you know, what else do they do? So they click on here and have um, purchased one of these NFTs, uh, find that it's $203,000 and go, you know what? I'm going to purchase this bad boy making my PFP and join the Yacht Club. Really, it becomes this social culture that people are buying into. So all of a sudden, we've seen um, lots of NBA stars get them, Snoop Dogg bought, bought into it. You've just, yeah, um, Kylie Jenner was trying to buy one the other day and off a guy and he then said to her on Twitter, no, you're never gonna have it. You're not gonna be part of the culture. So there's this, <laughs> this really interesting um, piece that's happening around these in terms of yeah, and it, what's I guess online versus what's happening real world. Yeah, and and before you you kind of you're quick to judge and think that's silly social flex using these monkeys online or these apes that's just dumb. Well, next time you you drive around in these affluent suburbs and you see these amazing cars kind of just parked outside in the road when they have perfectly fine off-street parking behind a gate, social flex, different realm, exactly the same stuff. We're just bringing who we are as humans into another layer, aren't we? Correct. And then that's that's where it's come to. And, and the big thing about these is you're now dealing, there's only 10,000 of these apes ever produced. So yeah, for, um, for Board 8 Yacht Club, if we just scroll up and look at the stats, you can see here, so 10,000 items, so 10,000 of these NFTs that have been produced. What you're getting, a limited NFT collection where the token itself doubles as your membership to a swamp club for apes. The club is open, ape in with us. So they start to get quite creative in terms of the usage of it. Yes, you own the NFT. Yes, you're getting the social flex. But also, you start to become part of the club. So there have been meetups in New York when there was uh, the NFT festival in the last month, and they had all the various board ape um, yacht club owners come. You show your NFT, that's your membership. You can go into the party. There's merchandise being created. Worldwide market, you get these things that go up. And it's not to say that all, you know, not all NFTs do it. Uh, it's just, who knows, various ones hit the jackpot and, and go mm. up. 
a lot of people will throw the the old criticism at cryptocurrencies in that there's so many of them they'll they'll all probably go to zero right and there's only a few a handful and i guess to a certain extent you have to accept that that that's probably true that there'll be a handful right. that do develop an amazing network effect and get a community and and develop a genuine use case around it and those will be the ones that we'll see over time probably the same sort of thing with nfts especially in this space the first kind of iteration of it at least anyway we'll see that over time some will be really successful relative to others in terms of developing a network and culture and use case around it right so, yeah totally i mean there's definitely you're seeing some blue chips come out in, in the market and they're the ones starting to go for millions of dollars generally the old historic ones like the crypto punks you're seeing a few art pieces from art blocks they're, they're in the millions I don't know about you growing up, Craig, but uh, when, when I was young, where I grew up anyway, it was all about ice hockey cards. So we'd collect our favorite players and we'd um, trade them at school and, and it was pretty cool. I, I doubt I have any sort of uh, Wayne Gretzky cards in the background still, but even in this space, collectibles um, and baseball cards or basketball cards, whatever, you can do that now here too. So talk me through what we're looking at here on the screen with NBA Top Shots. The NBA have taken a whole bunch of footage and then made it into these moments. Created these as NFT or NFT packages, and then you can go and buy that. So let's just look at this one here. Lois Ask is a million US dollars. Insane. Isn't that amazing? So let's click on it and go on in. You essentially would uh, log in, create your account. You could then um, link your wallet purchase this and you would be the proud owner of this uh package what are what are we really doing here because i'm looking you know and even going back to crypto punks crypto kitties or board eight yacht club why don't i just right click save it and what yeah you know, what's the big deal why am i paying a million dollars for this thing on the screen right now instead of just copying it yeah essentially what you're seeing on screen is the visual representation of the token that you'll own so you'll end up, you'll need a Web3 wallet. You'll purchase this token for a, on a platform or wherever. And then from there, this token will then sit in your own wallet. And that's the ownership piece. So that proves that you have it, you own it, you can see it sitting in a wallet. And then the, what we're seeing here, the JPEG, the right, the right click save, that's the part that is the visual representation. So anybody can kind of take a anybody could take a picture of your baby if you like, and it's a unique baby, and it but it belongs to you, and you have ownership rights over that human, that child, and and that's kind of what we're looking at here. So it's not just the visual thing; it's not just about seeing it; it's about knowing that there is ownership rights attached to it. Yeah, I mean that's it's essentially yours. You own it. You've bought it. Then you can actually go and buy and sell it, and it makes something that's quite liquid at the end of the day. Also, these markets are 24-7, so it's not like the stock market where all of a sudden, no, I can't go and sell this on the weekend at 3 in the morning. You can list these things and someone will go and buy them buy them off you. That's that's just the open market. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What else you got to show me? Yeah, cool. If we just carry on, these are more some of the brands that are doing stuff. So Vivi, this starts getting into the real collectibles that we were um, talking about. So V-E-V-E.me, -V -E Vivi, okay. Correct. Yeah. So they have got, they've created this app. This team is half based in, in Auckland here, which is quite cool. Um, but they've, they've done some pretty massive collaboration with, with Marvel, with Disney, with uh, Ghostbusters, and you can display them in your own virtual showroom. 
which is pretty cool. So again, you're getting this this kind of virtual flex where people can come into your showroom, check out your collectibles, and even you can then sell your collectibles to other other collectors at a higher price. So this, this is quite massive in Asia. It's, it's definitely picking up. You can see their digital in the real world with augmented reality. So there's a real mix of what's going on here. And you can, and most people would probably appreciate that with a lot of alternative investments like fine wine, classic cars, classic art, comic books, stamps. These are you know limited edition runs and the more rare it is, the more valuable it is. But I was just talking to my brother-in-law last week and he was showing me some of the comic books that he's de decided to invest in because he was growing up. He was really passionate about comic books, Superman, yeah. Spider-Man, stuff like that. You know, the old, old school stuff comes in a case and everything. So what he's doing right now by owning these classic comic books and storing them in a case, that's like the analog version of what we can now do here, right? So this is the exact same thing, nothing different. It just exists in the digital realm. That's that's it, right? Correct. And um, But if we think about that as an example, so if he wanted to go and sell that, those comic books, he'd have to go and list them on, on a marketplace or something. Then someone goes to buy them and then he'll have to wrap it up then post that over to to the people and make sure that you know it gets to them finally they've already paid their money in terms of nfts well all of a sudden it sits in your web wallet there you've listed it on a marketplace you come along and go i want to purchase that you pay the money and instantly that will get delivered to them so there's none of this wrapping it up waiting for the postal service anything like that maybe another conversation that we could have at some stage would be around fractionalizing it right because with with a comic book you're you're not really going to just rip out the pages because you've just destroyed the value whereas with a non-fungible token because it's in this digital layer there's all sorts of crazy ways where we can fractionalize it and almost do crowdfunding and stuff like that so i'd be keen to un unwrap that with you at some stage but let's keep going and kind of um, have a look at a few other versions of nfts that are out there yeah so this is nifties.com so this is another platform shall we say and they're doing lots of collabs uh, in the US with with brands. So their one coming up this week is The Matrix. So they've created 100,000 unique Matrix characters. So what will happen is they're individual people. They just look like, uh, what was it, cartoon kind of avatars. And then you get a decision to take the red pill or the blue pill. Uh, so either go down the rabbit hole and, and you know follow the white rabbit or you can stay as a normal human. So these things are starting to get quite creative as well in terms of where they're going. The cost for these um, matrix NFTs are gonna be 50 US dollars each. So if they sell out, which they think they will, they'd have generated $5 million in revenue uh, on launch. So this is interesting. So so now, now you can kind of see another little offshoot here, right? Are we kind of looking maybe at another version where uh, artists, creators, um, even companies, dare I say, could start to think about alternative ways to raise capital before the release of a product or do pre-sales of some sort by using NFTs. Is that kind of where this might start going? Yeah, totally. We're seeing a lot of that. Maybe we should cover that off in another episode. Um, the idea of crowdfunding using NFTs uh, as pre-seed money before they even start getting there. So it would be like having a early Kickstarter campaign and you're already actually getting your audience as your shareholders. They're already invested, they buy your NFT, they feel engaged. 
they start uh, telling their mates, you, you get this kind of um, momentum shift, I think, is, is the way that we kind of put it. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty cool. Like If you were thinking about it in the context of music, uh, especially if you are kind of listening to the latest music, especially local music, maybe it's somebody that you know, and you really think, wow, they're really going to make it big. Imagine actually being able to buy into that, right? Now, now you effectively right. can with NFTs that you are effectively investing in that artist, that creator, and some at some stage in the future, if you are right and backing them, you can get a share of the return as their NFTs get on sold in the future, right? Yeah, we're gonna. I've got a couple of those little specials down the track here, Darcy. So. Awesome. Get I'm, getting ahead. I'm getting ahead of you. I'll, I'll let you get back in the driver's seat here. Sorry. Uh, this is one that's quite interesting as well. So Adidas announces collaboration with Coinbase in the sandbox. So again, these brands are starting to head into the space. Nike had um, put up some patents back in 2019 for digital fabric and digital material. So you're going to have these places pop up in these uh, metaverses that are shops where you buy digital items, you put them on your, you dress up your avatar. That's going to be another piece of social flex. You're going to wear some cool cool sneaks and uh, rock around looking pretty hot. Effectively, what we're talking about is we're talking about elements or furniture or items that we can put into the metaverse that we decide to occupy for whatever reason, but we'll have a space somewhere in this digital reality, this digital realm, the parallel universe, if you like, or another dimension perhaps where all our stuff lives and even things like getting some Nike shoes, there must be some sort of interoperability between the NFTs because if my avatar needs to wear these shoes, then somehow there needs to be some sort of common language is how, how does that work? Like, can you describe to me how, how that would work? Like if I am literally buying some Nike shoes as an NFT to put on my avatar, how does that actually work? I think they're still figuring that all out. <laughs> no, at the moment, definitely there's, at the moment, the games, are, a lot of the games are quite separate and that's what they're looking at interlinking. So the games like Wilder World, that they're starting to figure this out straight away from, from the outset you take something like Facebook's meta, we think that's going to be a very closed circuit uh, environment. You won't be able to leap from there to decentralized kind of places or metaverses versus the decentralized worlds where people want it to be interactive and want it to be decentralized and want to be able to jump within games and play this game without even having to log out of that. So I think that's what you're going to see a lot more of. So these call it 5D NFTs that kind of have these real world uh, characteristics, you'll be able to basically jump around these different spots in the metaverse. Everything is kind of starting to sort of connect up, right? We've got our, our digital assets in terms of our currency. We have our digital ID, like we spoke about last week, and now we're talking about items. So yeah, let's keep on going because this one actually is a little bit spooky. When you, when you took me to this website, what is it? Thefabricant.com. So, yeah, it's, so it's, a bit, it's a bit weird, eh? But we're, we're looking at clothing for avatars. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So these guys have done some massive stuff already. Like if you look at the, what's on screen here, uh, these kind of avatars with no heads and, and feet. But, you know, the clothing looks pretty amazing. Um, and again, this is all just digital. Well, isn't it? So, yeah. So you can see that 
they're already working on this stuff. Stuff that's being made, have, have people are playing with, people are paying money for. These guys in terms of the, uh, the fabricant, in terms of the amount of collabs they've done, it's happening. It is happening. And it's interesting because it's still the essence of what it is that we're after. We're after something that's creative. It's it's got a visual appeal. It's just expressing itself in another medium, which we have traditionally thought is a lesser medium. But perhaps in the new world, it's actually a greater medium to be actually building wealth. And and so that's why I'm, I'm kind of fascinated about this, because it's flipping and reversing what we've traditionally thought was the norm. Why not? Why not have a, um, a freaky looking perfect 10 in terms of a body, I guess, wearing a piece of digital clothing that looks like that. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Well, these, these, this could be, uh, I think I read an article that next year there's going to be um, multiple fashion weeks and they're just going to be digital fashion weeks. So the idea of all around the world is they're just going to be displayed online and people can choose these clothes for their avatars in, in the metaverse. So, and, I'm, and you know, what we're seeing is some of these things are actually more expensive than buying the real garments. There was a Gucci, a 5D handbag, a Gucci one, that sold for six thousand eight hundred US dollars more than going down the road and buying the actual physical one. Again, that comes down to that social flex and uh, someone having it for their avatar. So, so so far we've had you know crypto kitties, crypto punks, board eight yacht club, NBA top shot, and nifties. Now we're into the clothing. Well, let's say I'm not into any of that stuff though, but I do like cars. What have you got for me there, Craig? <laughs> Wilder world. It's a pretty amazing uh, metaverse. These guys have been building it for seven years. Uh, they've got artists from all around the world uh, working on on building this out. And you know the the five D kind of photo realistic is is pretty amazing. Like if I just click on the cribs there, um, they're releasing some of these this week, where you can effectively buy um, levels in an apartment and condos that you can kit out and this will be the first first part to it. There's also land that you, I don't think you can buy the land, but you can do something and projects on the land, whatever that, those might be for adventure and stuff like that. Um, but if we go back to the, go back to the cars. And the cool thing about the metaverse is that all these items, assuming the interoperability piece gets ironed out you effectively could rock up into your brand new home that you've built on on your land and you could have your wilder world car in the garage you've got some artwork on the wall and you've got some music playing and everything it, you actually own the rights to which has rarity it's finite exists in the digital realm but it's finite man it's like there's just no limit as to how much FOMO it will probably be triggered in people as they start to kind of understand this and probably think, well, I got to get into this right now. Is that probably yeah. one of the reasons why you think there's been such a large amount of inflows into this space is because now people can actually understand it. Maybe thanks to uh, the good old Zuck appearing on his little meta video a few weeks back. Maybe that's kind of finally helped people to imagine what this metaverse thing might look like. Is that kind of why you think that there's there's a lot of, lot more money flowing into this? Yeah, correct. I think people are just starting to see it, and that kind of validates it. And also, Microsoft, Microsoft, they want you to to work in the metaverse as well. So you're going to have your Teams meetings. You're going to be doing your Excel spreadsheets and in, in the metaverse with Microsoft. So those big players are already doing this. I think it's just 
all of a sudden you have this decentralized world and people building this out and have been doing for, for years, they've just accelerated in the last month or so and, and validated what, what's happening. Uh, so if we take some of those cars that we saw before, yes, they just look like in-game items, but actually what we see here, if we have always wanted a, a Mustang, this here is an NFT that's going to be able to be used in the game. It's drivable, so it is It is a car. There's only 10,000 ever created. And the thing about this is you, if you've bought these and you own them, you can stake them back with the game and players who play the game essentially pay for it and you'll receive rewards from leasing your car back to the game. That That's phenomenal. That totally makes so, sense. So effectively you're buying an investment which is producing yield. You're buying a car and then you put it back into the pool which then gets rented by other people. So it's like a rental car company within the game. Correct. So, you know, the Lambo that's sitting outside your house now, that's kind of collecting dust and devaluing as, as we speak versus this car here, where what's the current price on this? About 2,600 now, if you were to, to buy it now. Go on. I know you want to. Just, just do it, man. Uh, so obviously we'll be limited as to what, you know, we won't be able to smell it. We won't be able to actually physically touch it. But presumably in the game to come, you'll be able to drive it and listen to it and observe the way it handles. And, and the good thing about that, you know, you, it's not quite electric, but then it's not emitting any. Uh, <laughs> any yeah, and you don't care. Back, you, don't, you don't care if somebody else drives it and abuses <laughs> it because it's, it's probably not going to break down. Well, hopefully it's not going to break down, yeah. right? <laughs> so yeah that again this is the interesting thing i think with nfts in this next phase of what we're seeing nfts digital assets it's these things will start to create yield for you and i think the younger generation start to get this and go well actually i'm going to start to collect i can't afford physical property but maybe i can start to collect these digital assets that can be used by people and i get yield from them um, another one that we should flick over to is Axie Infinity. So I don't know if you've heard of this one, but it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of blown up, which is pretty massive. Yeah. These kind of cute little characters that look a bit Pokemon-y, you essentially battle them, you can collect them, you can breed them, and you earn money from, from this happening. So I think um, one of the examples I have is that in the Philippines, this is... Um, gone really massive because the average Filipino earns about $16 a day, US dollars, where some of them are battling and playing and breeding axes and earning up to 40 US a day. You're looking at it and going, well, that's really interesting. If the average Filipino isn't going to work and they're wanting to sit at home and just game all day and get paid twice, you know, two and a half times what they'd normally earn going and doing a normal job. I've thought about this and I, I just, I think to myself, where is this actually, all, where is this going? Because let's just say that they quit their job and they're doing this because they're getting far more revenue from doing this activity. They're playing a game. Are they really creating value in the economy? Well, they probably are. It's just not the economy that you or I understand. They're not building and consuming natural resource. They're consuming energy, yes, energy which is infinite. They're putting their creativity into something. So they are still creating value, but we kind of have to need, we really need to open our minds as to what the definition of work is, because really, what is it other than just mining? That's what we're doing. We're mining resource when we go to work in our analog day job. So in this digital realm, 
if you want to be playing a video game and you're making money from doing it, why not? Right? Like, why isn't that allowed to be genuine work? Pretty crazy. Yeah. So XE has gone, gone pretty crazy around the world. And it's, it's pretty creative in terms of the stories that they have. And I think we're going to hear this um, term play to earn a lot more. So the idea is the more you play the game, the more you can earn from it. And, you know, I think me and you, Darcy, it was probably a case of we had to do a paper run back in the day to earn our pennies for uh, when we were kids, you know, 11, 12-year-olds. Whereas now, you look at these kids and they can go play and game. And it's kind of fascinating and scary all at the same time. Oh, heck yeah. But going, going back to the whole playing a game and earning money, in terms of cryptocurrency, proof of work, proof of stake, are we now talking about proof of play going forward as maybe a way of mining? Yeah, well, I think this this play to earn, as we put it here, play to earn revolution. Actually, is a new type of game partially owned and operated by its players. Earn Axie tokens by playing and using the game uh, or, and use them to decide the future of the game. So it's really involving in terms of you, you're, you're part own, you're part playing, you're part breeding. Um, that's, that's fascinating in terms of the, the gamification that's happening here. So we've talked about a lot of items, right? We've talked a lot, but effectively, if we think about the internet, almost like your, your special email address, your phone number, your website address, it's kind of like a form of real estate. So take me to a place where we can see this outworking in this digital realm where we have land of sorts. Okay. So this is more of an article around this, but it's virtual land NFT market exploding. What are they and how to buy them? So with, look at that, with sales now reaching the $1 million mark for virtual land. So you're at nftstreet.com and we complain about the average price being in excess of a million dollars, but Hey, now you can buy just land and Hey, it's virtual by the way, it's not even real and you can pay the same amount. Yeah. Look at this. Virtual land is a growing market. Virtual land is becoming a highly lucrative market. Uh, in June, 2021, for example, a plot of land sold for nearly a million bucks, making the biggest sale yet on the Decentral, uh, Decentral land platform. Yeah. So they could own the land, they could rent it out, people could uh, build on there, they could have advertising spots on there. You know what this reminds me of though, is, is like playing Monopoly. The thing with Monopoly is that you, you know that mom and dad are coming and they're going to make you fold up the game and put it away and, and everything. It doesn't matter who the winner was, right? But here, you really are, this is real. You're playing Monopoly in a sense. You're buying land. Maybe you build a couple of hotels on there or whatever, and you're deriving an income where you, you let it out to somebody else and derive passive income. It's pretty cool. The, the income that's coming in is, is real money. I mean, yes, you might be getting it in the Decentraland platform token or, or whatever, but that then can then be traded for US dollars or another token. Or what I'm really keen to see happen at some stage is some sort of bridge being connected between the analog and the digital here, especially as it relates to land and title and ownership and fractionalization of NFTs, which speak to titles of properties. As soon as you do that, it's like you're translating it into another realm, which now means that innovation can really happen at scale in a ways that you cannot imagine. You, you really let that thing run wild and it'll show you some pretty cool things. Yeah. So what else sure. have you got for me here, Craig? 
Yeah, so uh, maybe just some of the prices of these NFTs. I think well, we could probably just cover those and then what the future might be like. Here is probably just the easiest way to look at it. The most expensive is Beeple's uh, The First 5,000 Days. So this piece sold for $69 million, if you can see that. Beeple, a digital artist, uh, makes artworks every day. Uh, this is his 5,000 pieces in one collage. This was sold at Christie's, when was it? Sometime this year. Yeah, and fetched $69 million. You know, it is genuinely beautiful. Like, it is quite interesting. And you could zoom in on that and you could see a lot more detail. So, yeah, $69 million. That's a lot. That's, I'm not going to lie. That's probably a little <laughs> bit over my budget here, Craig. I'm just trying to get some new new couches for the lounge. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready for this, but... For some people who've got some money to burn instead of actually putting it in a Lambo and parking in a garage where no one sees it, at least you could actually show people, especially in the new world to come, this is like an amazing piece of art that you could have in a gallery and derive income from that gallery in this new decentralized world, which is providing you yield for your investment. Yeah, correct. The guy that actually bought it, it's this guy here, um, Metacoven, he um, wanted it to be on display in the metaverse uh, for everyone to see. Not like hanging on his wall or anything or stuck away in a wallet. It's now going to be on display and people can come yeah. and view it. You know what's interesting, though, about, about this as well is that I think about social media. Let's say you have, um, you're on Facebook and you're putting up photos or Instagram and you're putting up photos and you're actually doing the job for them of creating the content as a, as a content creator. Oh, you're getting a couple of thumbs up, maybe comments. That's really not that exciting. It's not really going to, you can't trade your, your thumbs for some crypto or some dollars. It's actually just makes you feel good perhaps, but there's no real value that you get. You don't get a share of the value when you're creating content. However, if content that we as content creators make like even this podcast perhaps if that could be minted as an nft then now these platforms like youtube for example is now paying for something in a much more transparent open way and we as content creators actually get benefit out of it is that yeah. kind of where this might be going a little bit as well you think that's probably another topic that we could dive into is social tokens so starting to see platforms making it easy for creators to make their own social tokens. So a celebrity who wants to incentivize their, you know, their fan base to do something, they might create the Darcy token and that Darcy token fans would buy into, and you might give them the VIP access to come and see the podcast behind the scenes or send them, um, NFTs to their, their wallet that they can enjoy. It's really changing that connection with uh, audience. I think that's probably the way you, yeah. you're co-creating sometimes the value between each other. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And so like, as we come, as we come to a close around this, can you yeah. talk me through just some of, some of the things that you can see in the future, like some other ways that you, you see these applications unfolding? Cause we're kind of touching on that now a little bit, but what are some of the other ways that you see this evolving? Well, we kind of see it. It could be passport. It could be a vaccine passport. Uh, it, it could be um, ownership of, of anything, really. Your, your car, your house, your title and title. Um, also, then it goes to fractionalized ownership. So you might want to buy a batch with, with uh, your friends down the road or something like that. 
you'd then be able to uh, do that under this DAO fractionalized ownership kind of model. Um, there's also intelligent NFTs, so taking dynamic data from various inputs and changing over time. I've heard of um, player cards uh, changing um, over time. So in the Indian Cricket League, they might have an NFT of a player. That player might play a game, do really well, and then the stats from that game automatically then change the NFT. So it's quite dynamic. And that could also, um, your an NFT could also be an insurance policy um, issuance. Uh, and then we're also getting these yield generating NFTs as well. Yeah. it's. I, I think it's just so, so interesting because we have a lot of problems in the traditional finance world, which can actually be solved so quickly. Like take the liquidity, for example, of your own home where it doesn't matter that your home is $5 million. If you don't have income, you're going to have to sell that home or get another party in or, or get a mortgage or something like that. Whereas with NFTs, now all of a sudden we can fractionalize things and unlock some of the value. So it solves a lot of that problem, that tension between yield and growth, between cash flow and between asset, locked up asset value. So fascinating just where things are going to go. But with this marriage between, say, Wall Street and Silicon Valley, Valley that produces the spawn that we're, we were talking about today, there, this is just the beginning. And it, and it, yeah. I think it's so important just to emphasize that while this might seem gimmicky and a little bit flaky and fluffy, some of you might be thinking, you know, listening and watching, you might be thinking, well, this really is the future, and I, and I don't want to miss out. And I, I think we are still absolutely very, very early. That much I can say. But also, I don't, I don't think we've seen even the beginning here. We're just getting started. This is just the first innings and, and people are just experimenting with them. So I think we'll understand a lot more as we as time goes on. Um, and maybe over the maybe in another podcast, we could um, we could check out some of these other experiments that people are doing and, and seeing how they're using them for crowdfunding or for um, community engagement or for charities even. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The charitable one. Um, that that would be quite interesting as well. And even just in the business sense, like I know I've, I've spoken to you off air about this quite a few times around how you've pivoted your business now more in this space. And I know that for me personally, with my financial advice business, I'm really keen to understand how this could be applied because it's such an amazing tool. Cool. Okay. So before we finish up, Craig, um, what you're up to, I know how you're pivoting your business is pretty fun to see because you're now serving people in this community. So where can people find you and reach out to you? Should they want to collaborate a little bit further with you? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, probably the best place to find me is um, on LinkedIn. So if you just search for Craig McColt and the current avatar there is uh, Pesky Penguin, you can uh, connect with me or send me a DM and we can chat there. That sounds fantastic. And this is the first of many. So hopefully we'll catch up and we'll kind of unlock a few more details as we go. So thank you very much, Craig. Really appreciate your oh, time today. Awesome. Thanks, Darcy. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening in to the NZ Everyday Investor Podcast, a show that's about helping you, the everyday Kiwi, build wealth. To learn more about the show, please visit nzeverydayinvestor.com or visit your show notes on your podcast player. There, you can find out how to make contact, sign up to our newsletter, and check out previous episodes. We're on a mission to increase wealth for everyday Kiwis. If you'd like to support what we do, then there's a few things that you can do. Write a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Share episodes with your friends. 
or support us financially on Patreon. Before we finish up, just another reminder that what was discussed today is for educational purposes only. Ideally, before acting on anything covered here, please contact your trusted financial advisor or do your own research. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and we'll catch you next time around.